shit, ladies and gentlemen. How are you doing out there? This is Intergalactic Interviews, and this is episode 114. 15. No. Is it? Is it it's 114. You, almost, you always know. I, yeah, but I don't know. I actually don't know. Is it 114? Let's just say it's 114. If it's 115, follow along, kids. We'll be okay. Uh, yeah. Svedra, please. I wish you knew what the episode was. I had, uh, I had a lot of high hopes in my own head, but I'm an idiot. Uh, ladies and gentlemen. what I thought it was. <laughs> yeah, and I was way wrong. I was, I was, well, it's going to be like episode 122 or something. That's going to be worse. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, how are you doing out there? Thank you very much for tuning in this week. We have a great episode on hand for you. Um, of course, we would be remiss if we didn't let you know about an amazing opportunity right now that's taking place here in the Lower Mainland in British Columbia, as well in Alberta right now, and that is Isolation Float Tank Experiences. And the best premier isolation float tank experience in those areas is indeed Floathouse. Please go to floathouse.ca. Savedra, what is that website? That would be floathouse.ca. Goddamn right, it's floathouse.ca. The thing I like the most about Floathouse is that it's a super clean facility. It's very, very educational. The people inside are very, very smart. Uh, they know exactly what they're doing and they can help you go ahead and reach your goals. And it's just a relaxing environment. It's so calm. It's very peaceful. The tranquility of this place will seriously just get you addicted. It's very nice. And uh, it's so clean. You get your own private uh, private tank, private shower, uh, you get house coats, towels. It's awesome. It's like a spa for your mind. You guys, and if you want to take advantage of this excellent, excellent offer right now, what is the podcast promo code they can use for their next float, Savedra? That would be II Podcast. And that gets you 20% off your next float. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to this and you want to check out float houses, there's so many. A uh, number of resources online that you can check out. Even our guest today could probably tell you a lot about it. Um, but uh, I have to tell you, it's it's seriously changed my life. It's changed uh, people's lives, and it, you'll definitely experience it. Just try it once, see if you like it. It's uh, we're it's, sure you will. Yeah, we float. You should float. Let's all float. Let's do it up. It's floathouse.ca and that podcast promo code one more time. I I podcast. God damn right, uh, ladies and gentlemen. To my immediate right, I have my uh, co-host, as always, Michael Savedra. Hello, Hello sir. Do, 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 do. And I also have uh, Chris Martin on the boards. Man, he's looking extra carnivorous today. C-Mart. I need to shave later. Yeah, you're doing you looking I'm going to shave right away. For C-Mart to need to shave, you need to know <laughs> that's that's wild man status right there. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, um, our guest today, he's a fantastic uh, author. He's, uh, he's the co-author of a new book that's about to come out very soon. And uh, we'll confirm those release dates here in mm -hmm. just one moment. Um, but uh, the, the title of the book is Shamanic Graffiti. And uh, our, our actually, on top of that, our guest has so many slashes to the titles of the jobs that he, he can possibly so many do. He's such a professional in so many ways. Let's Jack just, of all trades, masturbator number one. <laughs> Let's just get down to it. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show, Marcus Rummery. How you doing, Hello. sir? Thank you. We appreciate you coming I'm in great, today. Thanks. Look at this book in the background here. Do we get a, get a shot of that there? You see yeah, that book back okay. there? And I'll hold up the, the cover here next time the camera comes to me. Oh, right here. Boom! Look at this. Check awesome. that out. And uh, looks good. Marcus comes in here, and drops off copies of his book for us. How amazing is that? That's pretty cool. I'm gonna definitely go cover to cover on this bad boy. Nice. Probably tonight. We just, <laughs> <laughs> just have some time to make, make take care of it. I'll be impressed if you can read the whole thing tonight. I I almost think that that's probably like chugging a good bottle of wine. That's probably not a good <laughs> idea, right? Like you want to like savor it, right? You want to process wanna, it yeah. a little bit, yeah. I'm like, oh, I'll go right down to the acid. Oh, you should probably talk a little bit about the uh, <laughs> the contents a little bit here. Oh, see, it's 
set acid once read cops that fast, show up though. yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's funny cops show up immediately as soon as uh, as soon as we say anything about this book no the reality though is is uh um why don't you tell us real quick quick summary what is this book about what what is the, the well the subtitle is a hundred thousand years of drugs hundred years of prohibition and it's a kind of an alternative history and system of the brain using people like Timothy Leary and Stanislav Graf and Terrence mm -hmm. McKenna. And uh, it's also about shamanism, which are specialists in uh, hunter-gatherer societies that are uh, using to uh, alter states of consciousness to uh, help uh, people in their tribe heal from various diseases and uh, to charm game and to know what the enemy's up to, to find lost objects. Uh, they're specialists. And... Uh, the question on the back of the book jacket says, could psychedelic psilocybin be the catalyst? That's a great question. Yeah, I mean, it, it, that's Terrence McKenna's idea, this, the stoned ape theory. Right. Now, maybe you could just enlighten our audience sure. real quick. Like, some of us are familiar with it already, but mm -hmm. go ahead if you can. Uh, well, uh, the human brain and body were more or less anatomically modern 250,000 years ago, uh, but we were living quite different. They had fire, but... Uh, there's wasn't Shakespeare, you know, and then, and then about uh, 30,000 years ago, uh, you start to see cave paintings appear and um, um, writing of different kinds and symbols and counting. and uh, Like where did that culture come from? Where did that come from? What, what was the trigger? And McKenna suggests that it's psilocybin uh, mushrooms uh, that were left in Africa as the Ice Age receded. And they started to eat them because it, it enhances visual acuity. And he, he has experiments that he cites that show that. So people at home that are wondering, psilocybin, keep hearing that word. That is like the stuff in, you know, magic mushrooms, magic quote unquote. Mushrooms. Uh, that's the stuff that makes you have hallucinogenic uh, trips, essentially, yeah. right? Yep. Yeah, that's okay. the stuff. Exactly that stuff. Um, it's good stuff. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> well, it can, it can test you. you know, it, it may have an agenda. Yeah, uh, certainly. Yeah, it can take you to some dark places as well, you know. Shamanism yeah. is not all. So he believed uh, that the, the theory, Terence McKenna's theory, uh, the Stone Deep theory, is that these mushrooms, uh, after the uh, glaciers had melted away, mm -hmm. that uh, these mushrooms grew um, out of like uh, like animal dung, yep. right? And the ancestors of us, primates or otherwise, mm -hmm. ate these mushrooms, mm -hmm. experienced these like phenomenal journeys. Well, at first it was just to help them hunt because it helps, it, it enhances visual acuity. It does actually, yeah. The colors become sharper, mm -hmm. and just your ability to detect something in a in a, in a diff, diff, distant field of vision would be enhanced. So that, like a hunting herb. Yeah, a okay. hunting herb. Sure. I see. Okay. And this is this is his argument. There's no real uh, actual archaeological evidence of this at all, right? This yeah. is speculation. Something happened. The alternative theory is that the um, throwing arm, that that evolution in the brain becoming so advanced kind of spilled into everything else and created. What's this throwing arm theory? Well, the throwing arm, because you're in order to uh, hunt prey, you know, p humans evolved to be really good at that. Right, because we don't have claws or like sharp teeth. Yeah, that's how we've hunt. Right. And you can hunt from a distance and you can do it as a team and, and stuff like that. I so see, yeah. that's another, that's another hypothesis. Okay. It certainly doesn't lend itself <clears throat> to mysticism directly of throwing, throwing a ball. It is satisfying though when you hit yeah. What, when did you, uh, if, do you recall when you first came across some of these theories, like some of these writings from like Terrence? The Terrence first time McKenna? I read about Terrence McKenna, I, I, I thought that's the stupidest thing I've ever read in my life. <laughs> this guy saying mushrooms are responsible for human consciousness. And yeah. Culture. It's ridiculous. Some it, hippie. <laughs> it sounds, it's, it sounds crazy. But then if you start to just kind of maybe examine it line for line, mm -hmm. it doesn't seem as implausible 
I hadn't taken them yeah. yet when I thought that. Right? Oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> so this is pre-experiencing. Okay. Yeah, I was just a kid. It was, it was easy to dismiss it when you haven't experienced it. And I that's see. That's okay. how it works. I see. I, uh, I, I came from a small town, and mm-hmm. uh, if I wanted to, uh, say, experiment with uh, magic mushrooms, any kind of shrooms or anything like that, uh, I had to order sometimes up to like 90 days in advance. And then the amount that would show up or what I ordered might not even be the same thing. Hmm. You just had to take what you could get. So it was a very like rare thing, like maybe on like May long camping trip or something like once a year, I get to do it. Mm-hmm. Then I moved to Vancouver and within like a day or two, someone told me that you could just buy them over the counter at that time. And I was so blown away by this and, uh, I changed my life, man. I like, hmm. I completely, you know, reformatted my hard drive basically <laughs> yeah just, that's a good like, way to describe it i yeah. was like yeah i need a clean boot mm-hmm. this is like I, I came from this like very conservative kind of place and it's uh i came out here and now i, I just i can't believe it's like a different person now that i look back mm-hmm. to it and i did them uh pretty consistently for a little while and i just one day i was like okay i'm at where i need to be and yeah, i, I don't enough. have to do them anymore and i'm, I'm good but i last time i did them was at uh metallica concert oh, well. <laughs> a couple years ago that's and, not recommended uh, it wasn't uh <laughs> planned i was just like hey i'm here and someone was like hey you want so it was awesome though it was yeah good. it's a good yeah. time yeah good uh but yeah um tell me you say you bought them over the counter i did buy them over the counter here there was a place i don't want to out them because they might still be doing real business shoppers drug money shop shoppers <laughs> drug london <laughs> drugs <Rexall. laughs> yeah go to Rexall. yeah you, i went to a 7-eleven and uh yeah. the uh the the process was uh they actually had a, a strange like uh uh gray area way of doing it um hmm. so you walk into the store and it's like little shop of horrors kind of and then you know I, there's all these different things on the shelves and whatever but you, you walk around and i just said uh hey can i buy uh can, can i buy mushrooms you know i'm like 20 trying to act <laughs> tough <laughs> hey can i buy mushrooms and the guy's like uh he just like puts a finger to his lips, and I was like, "Oh man, I fucked up." He's not going to sell them to me. Up. Yeah, I was only. And I, by the way, I'd only been there like I've only been in the city like for three, four days at this point. Mm-hmm. So I was like, "I fucked up. I fucked up already." And he just he pulls out this like tome, just thumps down on the table, boom, flips open the book, and then he just gestures to me like, "Go ahead, wow, go ahead." And so I uh, I start flipping through the book, and it's just like a hundred different kinds of mushrooms. I'm just like going through like all these different stuff. And he's, he's whatever you point to, he hands me a little, like, like a dog, doggy, uh, like a doggy bag kind of thing, like mm-hmm. a little paper bag. And that was it. Wow. There's no words exchanged other than like, here's the money. And I pointed to a picture. So I guess maybe that's their, that sounds terrifying. Now I, I, I mean, it I'm really a, I'm a, a couple years older. That will kill you, right? Yeah. Right. yeah I mean, here I am. <laughs> he's, he's, staring at you. he's like, good luck, Ontario. <laughs> I picked one. Yeah. Good luck. Good luck. I heard you from a small town. I'm sure this is going to work out. Uh, I, I actually had a, a I, I do what I do when uh, I don't have Savedra around with craft beers and I, I don't know what to pick. I just picked the hardcore sounding name one. It's like, I'm like, this, what is this? Imperial Russian stout. Okay. I'll have that yeah, yeah. Mind and eraser. Yeah. What's this? <laughs> the backhand of God. Okay, cool. you like, I, I take like, these. That's like, 12%. Names. It's not going to be great. Yeah. Like, it's going to end bad. He's <laughs> like, you don't want to just jump into that. And I was like, okay, fine. But then, uh, I ended up like just, you know, 
pointed to some crazy like you know like blue diablo or some shit like that and uh, <laughs> i don't know what the fuck it was called i can't remember i hope it was blue diablo it probably could have been a great name you yeah should, could've... it should be in the branding blue, just blue diablo <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i'm in a new line of work <laughs> Naming so drugs. Drugs. Yeah. uh but yeah it was you know it was great you know i just went back and i kept pointing to the same thing and it was awesome very cool that's it i never had any experiences that that slick for getting mushrooms. Uh, what was what were yours like? Yours were like <laughs> much know, more underground know, and yeah. CD. Some dude just like here's a bag. Yeah, yeah. mushrooms. Yeah, yeah. Like, cool. Yeah, yeah. but they do talk to you. <laughs> yeah. He's like, you have to beat me in Halo twice for me to trust you. No, what? This is, this is long before Halo. Started Jesus. Yeah. Uh, well, what what uh, have you found? You know, since you've been co-authoring this book, mm-hmm. um, what how, what have you found? the reaction to be with people because right now we're, we're all having a pretty liberal discussion about mm-hmm. this um but there are going to be people out there that just don't understand they don't understand the experimental vibe of it they don't understand the maverick nature of it the taliban usually stay in their caves you know they don't, they're not gonna <laughs> but you don't, they won't chase are, you down well you know the hundred thousand years of drugs hundred years of prohibition tagline uh is great when you're trying to get it published but when you're trying to sell it in a yoga studio it's a little bit uh a little bit overly edgy, perhaps, but yeah. Uh, but the guy, the guy that published it, uh, Trine Day, does a lot of conspiracy uh, theory books. So, oh, so okay. So I think that really appeals to him. So you're in good company then. Yes, it's okay. That's, well, there's a guy, uh, Chris Bennett. He has a there's an ad up there for Urban Shaman. Where a uh, uh, front in the in the in the foyer in the there. lobby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He uh, he's actually he, he it was him who recommended that I ask this guy. Really? Because he's published a lot of books on cannabis and uh, soma. And, Friend of the show, Marcus Rummery, mm. making other friends of the show very <laughs> useful. Uh, you mentioned something about it being difficult to, you know, maybe sell in like a, a yoga studio. You're, you're an instructor. You're, yeah. you're like a yoga, a yogi. I am a yogi. I've invented my own yoga. What? Hot prana. Okay, we have to jump into this. Okay. What hot? What hot, hot prana? Prana. Yeah. Not piranha. No, that's the name of my struggling <laughs> '70s funk band. <laughs> It didn't quite pan out. We had some fun, but but hot prana is the yoga. Hot prana. Now, how do you spell prana? P R A N A. P R A N A. Okay. Why why is that the word? Why it's is Sanskrit it? for life force, like chi or ki okay. in Japanese. Okay. Um, and then it's hot yoga. So that's... when did you develop this? Uh, a couple of years ago. I've, I've actually at first I call it Excalibur. But uh, women didn't like that name. It was it's a little <laughs> too masculine. Makes sense. Come to Excalibur <laughs> Yoga. It's a weird movie, too. What was that like <laughs> that they like, hand you a note after class? <laughs> you know, this is just a little aggressive. No, I'd just be hanging out with my It's kind my of phallic Excalibur. Like, this is Excalibur. We're going to do abs now. <laughs> and they're like, this is too masculine. It's like, Jesus. And so you called it uh, a so prana. Hot prana. Yeah, yeah hot prana. Test better with the... Uh, yeah, you know what? That, uh, how does that 60. differ from just regular like the bikram yeah uh well the, the, the deficits in bikram are hip openers power flow like down dog based uh kind of yoga and then uh, strengthening upper body strengthening okay so i've just filled in the blanks added music uh poetry play a hand drum at the end for the breathing exercise damn that's versatile so you, you do that all yep you don't have to have someone sit in there with a drum waiting for his moment no but it was well, just it's the breathing it's like <laughs> So it, oh, shit. it's not very challenging. I'm trying, by the way, I'm trying to talk about yoga. Like I am We've so, yeah, yoga. like any of us here. <laughs> we're, like, yeah. we're, we're aware. I've done yoga. We're very aware. <laughs> like we were just talking off air though. Like uh, my fiance had uh, just tried hot yoga at 
the studio mm-hmm. you teach at. Yeah. And uh, this is before I even knew you taught there. So then oh. this was like her first classes and she was like, synchronicity. yeah, she was like, Oh, it's so crazy. And, and, and then I thought, yeah, you're like the synchron synchronistic vibe of the fact that you're coming on the show. Mm-hmm. It's cool. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. yeah. I don't Unfortunately, wanna... the last class almost killed her. So she's not coming back. Yeah. She, she was <laughs> like, uh, oh, it's a little tough, but, uh, she was actually pretty good trooper at the end of it. She, she ended up, uh, saying she'd go back. Well, you know, if you could walk in your first time and, and just crush it, chances are it wouldn't really do that much for you in the long term. You know? That's oh, that's hey. I'm gonna rewind that for her and let her listen to that. She was like, "It was pretty difficult." I was like, "That means it's working, right?" If it wasn't for that, I couldn't have written this because I wouldn't have the discipline to uh, sit there day after day. Really? Yeah, for sure. So, so your yoga, your your creation, your Mm -hmm. yogi career actually led to you you to be able to capable skills yep. of actually authoring this book co-authoring yeah uh, we should probably bring this up uh i keep saying it's co-authored mm-hmm. uh, uh the, your co-author is named frank ogden yep uh how did you meet frank i made a documentary about him for a course i was taking at langara okay he lived in a boat in a, in a boat shaped like a whale his electronic <laughs> cottage he, he after his what kind of whale uh a beluga blue Okay. Well, okay. and uh, after his career as an LSD therapist, he um, became a futurist called Dr. Tomorrow. Dr. Tomorrow. Yeah. And he actually had one of the first 200 websites in the world in 1992. One of the first websites. Yeah. So he's still up, drtomorrow.com. He paid Al Gore <laughs> Don't. to get Don't. on the internet. Don't. <laughs> Fact. No, and he wrote, he wrote a very successful uh, <laughs> book uh, in 1994 called The Last Book You'll Ever Read, which, which sold 25,000 copies. Jesus. Uh, hopefully it's the second last book. Yeah, people yeah no kidding. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, hey, thanks for ruining this for the rest of us. Yeah, he's like, well, it's a pretty good book. you know. Well, I thought it'd be easy. I'm like, he's already published a book. I'll just call that guy and let's do another one. And, of course, that company has been swallowed up by another publisher. And oh, they've, God. They've... Um, retired that imprint now. It was a long time ago. Yeah, a long time ago. It had no benefit to me whatsoever. Uh, where's uh, Where's Frank from then? Kate? He was born in the States. Uh, he served in the Air Force. Uh, and then he had a company selling um, light airplanes. He actually set the light airplane altitude record in 1953. Hold on. Like, so post-World War II, yeah. this guy is designing well not designing but he, he sold i think it was vendere was a company it was like like a commercial airline not commercial but private like you just have like a little cessna still so he's like talking people into buying airplanes post-war yeah. that's pretty <laughs> that's impressive pretty impressive yeah, yeah. Oh, he was an entrepreneur he was a hustler for sure that's so, awesome yeah that's awesome uh um he's passed away now though yeah right? unfortunately he died a few years ago he, he was 91 91 yeah wow My and goodness. he right to the bitter end he was helping me to sell this book he would have been right here yeah, if undoubtedly. Could have wheeled him out here. He would. <laughs> Ninety-one. Yeah, that's a that's a very full life. That's yeah. a very yeah. very full life, and it sounds like he he's had uh, quite a quite the life, quite a fulfilling <laughs> life, right? Yeah. You're in a unique position that you actually did a documentary on him prior mm-hmm. to this, right? What do you, what would you say is one of the most compelling uh, characteristics that he had? Fearlessness. Um, he's, he was like, you know, you should go to the Middle East and uh, talk to them about psychedelics. He says, don't worry if they throw a grenade at you. Usually they don't go off. <laughs> what the, What an odd thing to what say. A, that's like fearlessness <laughs> times 10. Because yeah. he's, like, he's like, yeah, you know, it doesn't matter the danger you're in. <laughs> he had gone to Haiti uh, and studied voodoo. Wow. And he got mm. dengue fever. So what, he, what does that affect? 
I think everything. I think the voodoo priest said that... Not a good one. It's not a good one. He said, you'll never, nothing will touch you again after this. So when SARS came out, uh, he was, he volunteered to go to Toronto to speak to the doctors because he said, I've already had dengue fever. So, you know, that's... That's crazy. Fearlessness, yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. Um, okay, I, I don't... Did I ask this already? But before you met him, how, like, how did you... Hear, I heard like, about him yeah. because there was a story in the Georgia Strait about Hollywood Hospital. That's the first time I heard about it. Okay. And I, I, I was already interested in psychedelics. So you were, you were just like kind of tracking down Yeah, well, I, I, this guy is... I, ha, I had to do something for this film, so I, <clears> I, I knew about this guy. He's interesting. He's, he's local, so I... Was he already I, living on the Beluga boat? He was living on the Beluga boat, yeah. That is... An electronic uh, cottage. Did, he, did that get explained? Why he had a Beluga boat? Not really. That's just where he wanted to live. It was just he was eccentric. And I want to live on a boat, but I want it to be specifically beluga <laughs> based. Well, I think it was designed so yes. that it could withstand storms, and it was like teched out and engineered that way. Okay, so this is the guy who sells airplanes. So he's yeah. clearly like, okay, I want a fucking beluga. Get on it. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, let Let me ask you this: um, your 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 background is so so versatile mm. you're, you're a musician mm -hmm. um, um like we've already mentioned you're, you're an author your, your book's coming out uh what what is your main focus right now like going in now that the book's complete you're gonna promo the book and is that my understanding yeah yeah i'm gonna promote the book i'm writing another one uh shamanic enneagram okay so we have shamanic graffiti yep Shamanic Enneagram, and then Shamanic Revolution, the Shamanic Future Trilogy. You just keep leveling up the difficulty <laughs> of your titles for interviewers to say, and eventually I'll just be like, fuck, I don't know, Marcus. You can say you, anything you want. You intro it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What's a, what did you say, an Indio? Indio? Shamanic Enneagram, Enneagram, this is an Enneagram here. What's this here? Do you have this on camera? Yeah. This is on camera here. An oh, is oh a, I see. It's kind of. a nine-sided diagram. Okay. It looks uh, like it's a, a. It's a personality system. Like a Venn kind of, yeah, like kind a of Venn like diagram-ish? Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Christians think it's a pentagram, so they give me a wide berth <laughs> when they're crossing it's the It's a pentagram. You just say, yeah, yeah. you know, it's a star, David. And <laughs> you're well, at first I felt really badly about it, but not, now I'm straight to it. You're just it. part of the tribe. It's okay. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. I'm not evil. It's just a design. What, is, what does that symbol represent uh, then? It's a personality system. And uh, there's, see, there's nine, there's nine personalities. And so I've taken this and adapted it into nine tasks that you do every day. So that's my... Okay. I've got an app and you record this. Really? Like yeah. a companion app? Yeah. That'll come out with that? Yep. Man, that's very smart. It's very intelligent. I like, I like the idea... Okay, I'm putting it all together right now. <laughs> so you have classes every week. Yep. You, you're doing these classes every week and uh, you, you have these people that come in, open mind. You're like... Some of them. You're unlocking their energy, and then uh, right when they're like packing up their bag, you're also like, "Hey, I am also, uh, I am crushing it here. I want you to know about this uh, this particular piece of." Uh, and then you show your tattoo. You really, and then, yeah, I like. Okay, I see. I see what's going on now, Marcus. Homo promotus. Yeah, I got. Uh, <laughs> I got a pretty good idea what's happening now. This is a good good move. But the the companion app. Uh, mm -hmm. That's really smart. That's very smart because a lot of a lot of um, people right now they're either like, you know, they shy away from hardcover completely, mm -hmm. paperback or otherwise, mm -hmm. and they just they're on their Kindles and stuff yeah. like that. Like, do you have a Kindle, Mike? Yeah, you have a Kindle. I do. I I used to use like the Kindle app on my phone. Okay. Like for what? Like I just use my phone, but like those uh, when you see like oh they hold 
10,000 books or something sure. like that. I mean, I'm sure I sound like a guy talking about an iPod in 2005 right now. But uh, <laughs> it's like, hey, you could get your whole collection on it. It's amazing. You don't even know. It's just stupid. But like uh, the the idea behind the, the app, though, I think that's really smart because then it's like, a, what do they call that now in like sports? Like uh, Second screen. Second screen. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hmm. Um, well, you got to kind of systematize and gamify life. So yeah. you're... Uh, gamify life. You have a score, and then you're trying to beat your score. And it, I find it, it works for me. That's good. Do you, and do you use a, like, I was a mess, so if it works for me. Do you use like uh, like Fitbit? Are you one of those guys? No. Do you use, do no. You use I have had people with the heart rate monitors in the class to kind of see if I'm going to kill anybody. Oh. And uh, not so far. Zero oh, fatalities. Is there, yeah, hold on. Is, is there a chance of that? Like, I didn't, <laughs> no, 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 no. But I just wanted to make sure that none of the stuff that I was adding was pushing the heart any harder than the stuff that was already there. Because mm-hmm. so. that's pretty unique that, you know, like, sometimes, I guess, again, talking about yoga, like, I know. Yep. Uh, like, because I guess you could be in a yoga class and learning from a yogi and, like, having them lead you through a class. Mm-hmm. But it's not, like... You actually made this well, particular type, this yeah, program, right? It's, it's based on it's based on Bikram, and I've taken. I mean, there's some Pilates in there. It's, it's I think that Bikram's contribution is yeah. far bigger than mine. You, you've been how long? You've been like a, an instructor, like certified, uh, like fifteen, fifteen years. Fifteen years. So, yeah. like you were doing it before it was cool. <laughs> yeah, I was. I when I started, there was one studio. Now there's there's got to be like three or four hundred proliferation, yeah. like crazy. Now right? it's like past cool. It's post. The you were doing <laughs> it. You were doing it before Carrie Bradshaw made it cool. That was that was basically <laughs> it. That's pretty okay. I well, like he that. had a he had a like George Clooney and Madonna and uh, oh, a few celebrity uh, endorsers. That's true. That's handy. Yeah. That's that'll come in handy. <laughs> but and he, handy. his thing was to kind of taunt uh, starlets and stuff and kind of take the piss out of them. <laughs> so he, he wouldn't let Madonna have her own class. He's like, no, you just come to the class like everybody else. And George Clooney's too. And he said, he was a, he was a brilliant at, at marketing that way. That's crazy. It's a bad boy. I, uh, I think you're good at marketing. I think the, the idea that you're already thinking ahead to the next book is really smart. It's really intelligent. There's, there's this kind of like, uh, there's this weird hypocrisy in America where mm-hmm. there's like uh, this selling like everyone is supposed to be ambitious mm-hmm. and everyone is supposed to like do the best they can to improve their lives and all that stuff but then people do that exact action and almost immediately most people's reaction is to either like dismiss them or mm-hmm. make fun of them <laughs> it's very hypocritical in that way but like yeah. you're you're very ambitious clearly and you're like you're 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 doing what you want to do yep and you already have this next thing planned out i don't know do you find that like the kind of well, people, Strange. you gotta you gotta have a soft touch, you know. You don't want to be too heavy with it all. You know? <laughs> I'm not. I haven't got that down yet. It's pretty much like a machine gun. Now. Do you get angry? I'm trying to imagine you not getting that. I do when I sometimes when I'm teaching and uh, I, I get frustrated with people. <laughs> really? Yeah. But you're like. But it's funny. But it's from a a place of like uh, like teaching. Like you want yep. them to do better than. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not like. You're Ho- hopefully. <laughs> I have my moments. Yeah. Trying to set this up in a way. Like, you're not, like, an aggressive guy. Like, no, he's, <laughs> a, he's a yogi, first of all. No. Yeah. But I, the, the, the Bikram thing, there's a sense of humor to it. It's the kind of the punk rock of yoga. And, I, and, and as hot yoga proliferates, it's, I feel like it's getting watered down, and it's losing that sense of humor, and it's losing that edge, and it's losing the struggle, which is, for me, the way I got the discipline was through the struggle. If you, take it, you make it too easy. Why is it losing its edge? Uh, because it's, it just makes it more marketable if it's easier. Oh, I see. Okay, so the difficulty 
has been like yeah, watered not as down. hot, not as humid, uh, different poses, different mm. ways, of, and and just the whole style of it. Is. What's the temperature of like the hottest room in hot yoga? So the the scientific tests of Bikram use a forty point six Celsius and a forty percent humidity, which is a fifty two humidex. Yeah, it, it gets technical when people ask me about that. I'm like, well, I'm glad you're sitting here. Jesus, <laughs> I can talk about this for hours. Forty degrees Celsius. That small yeah, town I mentioned earlier. That's like those summers can get pretty hot. Like Dude, that. we sweat when it's like twenty out. Yeah, like Sidra yeah. and I are <laughs> not good in the heat. At all. I'm a natural sweater. I, I I was hoping that the Olympics would take because uh, they're they're taking yoga i was hoping they would get sweating in there and you just sit in a turtle pool and uh, you measure just, the output that's right yeah because i'm good they're, they're like oh uh, i'm like, a sweater and uh <laughs> and, and another anglo-canadian just taking the lead amazing <laughs> just amazing uh, what do you think it is your, your northern european heritage just what, what do you think it is <laughs> yeah i'm pretty sure yeah, either that or it's a heat rash because i'm not really genetically uh programmed for these conditions <laughs> you know, northern scottish kind of that's that's funny yeah I, i've been noticing uh I get like just where the sun is exposed. I get like a like sun rashes now for like a week. <laughs> Everyone's like, "Oh, you got burned, hey?" No, just got terrible skin. Don't know what's going. It's, just, it's awful. Yeah, I'm not a good tanner. Uh, really, you no. seem like you you would be kind of a pinkish hue. <laughs> By September, and then it's that, that's it. But you've been inside writing a book. Where did yeah. you write most of it? Inside? I wrote it all inside, yeah. But I, I came up with a program where I use my, my 90 minute yoga template as a, a 90 minute creativity workshop. And that's, oh, that's how I wrote it. You know, I, I uh, couldn't have done it without de- developing that discipline. To, you, know, you have the ideas, but to sit there, grind it out. Executing your ideas mm-hmm. is such, such an admir- admirable trait. A lot of a lot of ideas die on the vine. No, I'm, I'm sure the best books and jokes and songs and everything are long forgotten. <laughs> they get locked in the in these people that that uh, they just they don't execute beyond the idea. They, mm-hmm. they they think about it. Maybe they get as far as like talking about it. They'll talk to someone about it, and then it just dies. Mm-hmm. You know, like well, I like the one notion that like if you talk about your plans, like you're probably less likely to do them. Because you get a certain satisfaction right. from talking about it, mm-hmm. and it feels like you've made yeah, progress yeah. towards that, that's even though you point. haven't done anything. Yeah, that's a good point. I, yeah. I think that's a good because there's a. You're right. That satisfaction that comes, it's very self-serving, very uh, to talk about. Yeah, very yeah. selfish in that. Uh, it's it strokes the ego mm-hmm. the, the, like right away. Like you're like, oh look, people are people are interested in my idea. People like it. People, you know, it's it's silly though because it it actually robs you of the long-term satisfaction of it. It's, we need uh, both. You got to have the vision, and then you got to execute it. Yeah. True, but that's what we were just saying. Like all these ideas that die on the vine. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like these people aren't maybe brilliant in their own right or something. It's just they lack the the follow through. Like yeah. follow through is so important. Then you have people that are like, oh, I'd, I'd kill for a good idea. I'd kill for mm-hmm. a vision. I'm so ready to do something. And then mm-hmm. they they kind of meander around in this like mediocre kind of whatever. Uh, and they're like dying for the vision. Mm-hmm. It's just some people, you know, that's why you see someone who really excels in many areas, maybe like yourself, that is able to like say, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to become uh, an expert in this field or at least comfortable enough that I can feel uh, good about, you know, being this public person in, mm-hmm. in this respect and in this role. Uh, and then moving from that point forward, like it, it's, I don't know, it's very, it's, it's strange to me. I, I find, 
ambition's kind of been like the uh, the keyword lately for me. Hmm. Like I've been really dialing in on that so much. Like I was at this art show on Saturday, and you're in the room, and it's all you know, creative people, all all these creative types, and it's probably the kind of place that you know someone want to punch someone out because there's just too much creativity in the room, that kind of thing. Someone's just like, oh, these people won't shut up about themselves. Kind of thing. Yeah. But they're actually like all really, really genuinely nice people, really good people. And uh, for a moment, I just sat there like soaking it up. I was just sitting there thinking about it and I was like, ah, oh, this is good. You could feel it's palatable. Yeah, yeah, palatable yeah, yeah. ambition. And you like, mm-hmm. like, like taking that because you ever walk into a room and it's like a dead, like a warm refrigerator. Floss plasma just by yeah, walking in. Yeah, like a warm fridge. <laughs> you walk in and it's just like, you're like, oh, I don't like this. Like you get into a cab. Mm-hmm. Like that's not like get out of the airport, get, get into a cab. And you're just jazzed about your trip or going to your trip or getting home, whatever. And you get in the cab and the cab's just like, you jump yeah. in your Uber. Oh, sure. And it's just like, what the fuck? Like what happened? They just like suck you. It's like, it's a, like your consciousness goes to the lowest common denominator. Yeah. I've had that after class. You go back to your, your, your girlfriend and then she hasn't yeah. done class and she's just like, and it's just, oh. your, your elevated state is no That's more. great. <laughs> yeah. It's like people feed on, uh, especially cause you're like leading and you have this positive vibe. Well, that's from practicing when you, when you're, when you're, when I'm teaching, I'm working. It's not, the, I don't get as uh, elevated from us. Really? A different way, oh, I see. You're working. So it's, it's what you do personally. When that, I'm practicing. Yeah. That right. just gets you the, into that that space yeah I've, I've been trying a lot lately to not move um at all <laughs> just dead <laughs> to the world yoga nidra yeah no i i've been <laughs> i've been trying to like try not to move uh internally like emotionally to things hmm. trying to i've been failing really bad lately i'll admit it's a bad time of year to do it yeah i'm not doing emotional they're not doing good dude i was here's a perfect example i was watching uh i was watching this is the, I'm almost embarrassed to say this, but this morning I was doing some emails on the couch and uh, I threw on sports highlights and of course, like d- daytime sports, like darts are on or something, right? <laughs> so I'm always like, oh, darts, whatever. But as soon as it started, they're chanting and I recognize one of the chants. So I'm like watching it and I'm like, don't get moved internally. Don't, <laughs> don't freak out. Oh, Everything's no. going to be okay. And then uh, I'm watching this guy, and, and uh, I just started focusing on the announcer. Because every time the, you, you, uh, you get, like, a max, like, 180. 180. Yeah, he's, he's like. This man's watching He's like, one. I was trying to do it after. He's like, 180. I was like, whoa, what the fuck? And I've seriously always wanted to always. do Premier League darts. Like, we should go. It looks fun. It we looks should fun. go. Because yeah. everybody's just drinking and getting sh- I don't think I'd ever hit yeah, in, a big, yeah, yeah. in a big hall watching two really overweight dudes play darts. And it just like, <laughs> it's just like wrestling. Brilliant. It's just like wrestling. <laughs> yeah. We're into it. You know, this is how far I got with it. Sitting on the couch after my third attempt at one eight, like just trying to get into it. I like Google tickets. I'm like, where can I go watch this? You know, like I'm like, oh, maybe, uh, maybe Vegas. And it's like, yes, there are <laughs> Vegas qualifiers. <laughs> Obviously. I would like to sit with a rowdy table. Minneapolis. Though. Yeah. Oh, I wouldn't want to sit at a dead energy table where like everyone's like, well, I guess this is pretty fun. But you know, so you were moved. You were moved. <laughs> you were moved or not? I was you moved. I'm s- I've, been, I've been failing all day, guys. I've been trying to say all like day. Five been, minutes later, you're looking at dartboard prices. Yes. Like, how, much, <laughs> how much is a set of darts? I think I could fucking do this. Yeah. Just fuck up. I like yeah. that ambition though, man. Dude, getting three triple 20s, whatever the fuck, like the 180. Getting that 
is just so insane. Like dead eye. Like you know how crazy good you have to be to yeah. do that. It's the, that's what I'm talking about. It's so easy to dismiss that. Like I was that guy until today. No, I was I like, like with darts. So stupid. As I've seen, like I know I've watched enough shitty darts, like the darts, that I now try <laughs> to do that. Because you know they kind of like they kind of oh like them. they're like they're throw. They kind of flick like, it. <laughs> and yeah. so when I play darts horrendously, I try that. Does not, not work. I try it though. You ever try to put yourself in the shoes of the guy who's like doing it though? Because like, I, if someone hasn't watched at home, fucking turn on TV. But like, basically, <laughs> or, don't, or, don't. <laughs> or don't. Trust me, you might be moved internally. Uh, the 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 idea though that like a, a room of like you know fucking ten thousand people sometimes yeah. are chanting. Your name, like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, la, 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 la. Yeah. and you're just like, what the fuck? I'm okay. throwing darts. Yeah, I'm throwing darts <laughs> at this like tiny board. Like the fact that they can even sell out a room doing that—that's that's amazing. Yeah. It's very, it's like they, a little archery. They're wearing all these advertisers like NASCARs. Like they, they, they have like, <laughs> for, like Jimmy's Pub. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not Procter and Gamble. It's a little, yeah. little small. It's like, like Kenny sure. <laughs> here, here comes Johnny O'Flaherty. <laughs> like what the fuck? <laughs> Yeah, these guys, and that's that's another thing too. The, uh, the so, again, still getting so into it. This is what I was talking about earlier. I read, I get into something, and mm-hmm. I gotta like learn everything about it. Well, I hope you're moved internally when you read that. I am gonna be so moved internally. <laughs> that's why I'm saying like, the the concentration that comes with doing something like darts is mm-hmm. is so brand new to me. I'm just like whatever, just trying to get into. It. I mean, I played darts in the bar before, but I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. But I'm yeah. like watching these guys on TV, and I'm like, this is. Insane. The yeah. level of, of skills you need to be able to do this. So trying to relate that back to the book for a second, the the focus and the dedication you've put into this, mm-hmm. the the overall understanding that you're trying to get across, what is what is that? Like that I'm trying to build a bridge between shamanism and psychedelic therapy in Hollywood Hospital and, and as it's happening now. Because there's quite a bit happening now. What what would you say is like the main the main obstacle right now that's kind of standing in the way of like major progression like major breakthrough um terrence mckenna levels of like oh my god <laughs> i don't think there's any obstacles really because uh this, the research is being done the, the fda has approved phase three clinical files for, clinical trials for mdma and uh, i read that the other day PTSD, yeah post-traumatic stress disorder <clears throat> so that once that happens pr- assuming it they can get the the numbers they need then that's it it's a prescription drug and they, that's going to be crazy when there's going to be people... There's got to uh, be some pushback, though. Day right? tripping. Yeah. Like, there has some, been the Like, past. the headline of, like, prescription LSD. Yeah, well, MDMA. Oh, MDMA. Sorry, yeah, MDMA. MDMA yeah. Even still, like, mm-hmm. it's, like, a hot-button <laughs> topic. bullshit. Trying to no, watch you know what I mean? Grateful like, Dead. This is fucked like, up. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. People are going to, like, unfortunately be resistant. Now, here's yeah, your there, dead there mouse tickets. Will be some. But, but, you know, <laughs> you're dealing with, like, veterans and... Mm-hmm. Cops and what about in farming. Canada, though? Yeah, in is Canada, that, there's there's a study is that already going on. Or? Yeah, there's a there's a, a trial yeah. that wrapped up, a really small trial that wrapped up, mm-hmm. and I think they're doing another little one here oh, nice. too. Have you seen yeah. any of the uh, video testimonial online? Have you guys seen any of this stuff? No. So these like I've heard um, about it as a PTSD yeah, like, treatment before. Yeah, it like seems these, very positive. these veterans yeah. coming back that are like you can't slam a door around them, or they'll they'll go into like a catatonic state and stuff like that. Like just really brutal mm-hmm. brutal levels of PTSD and uh, they have a few treatment monitored supervised sessions uh, under uh, MDMA's influence and they're repaired it repairs mm-hmm. their neural pathways essentially like well it, they they transmodulate they abreact they relive the the trauma and then process it 
and hmm. because there is because the uh, uh, I guess what the it's not like opiate receptors, but like your like uh, what would the MDMA works on serotonin and, and right. dopamine and noradrenaline, so it just puts you into a state of mind where you're uh, calm and, and can face the trauma um, hmm. from a place of confidence, and you can kind of know that you're in the present time and then to have a little bit of the, of the consciousness of the trauma simultaneously. And then being able to move forward without having any issue, that's... You process it and then, right. you, you, like, Stanislav Graf uh, yeah. divided into the abreaction, which is like the physiological, emotional barrier that protects the memory and then reliving the actual narrative and then integrating it. So it's kind of three phases. Why, why haven't we been doing this, like... For decades, because that's the seems... best answer. Because I asked Dan Groff's brother that, because I met his brother, okay, Paul yeah. Groff, who was a psychiatrist in Ottawa where I used to live. I asked him that, and he said the mind is very powerful and it scares people. So I thought that was that's, <laughs> that's as good as that's, answer that's, as that's, that's good. But you know, yeah. Timothy Leary was saying, drop out of society, form your own society, take drugs, start your own religion. You know, it couldn't have been more um, oppositional and like, revolutionary. Yeah, yeah. Was, so that. You know, that created a lot of reaction. Whereas this is more like you go into a clinic at a hospital or a university. And, you know, you, you know, it's almost like stereotypical, but here in, in British Columbia in Canada, the island, Vancouver Island, is full of these like little communities you just described where people have like completely <laughs> gone off the grid and we have like a sharing system here. Mm -hmm. None of us identify as any gender. Well, you can be whatever gender you want to be. Is that okay? Is that okay? Is that okay? Are you a, Marcus? Marcus, are you okay with being any gender genderlessness? Yeah, genderlessness. Well, I'm staying here, I guess. I still like Netflix. I mean, like, I, you know, I want to go so off the grid. Like, I, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I hear you though, man. Like the the quality of of life is just enhanced overall. Mm -hmm. um, but there are, there are some pretty significant risks, and there and there's some existential mm. things that you you would never have to deal with, other than with psychedelic drugs. That's, That's true. The, what would you what would an example be? Um, I just having like a difficult experience that has like uh, you know transpersonal uh, things about God or things about the or whatever it is for you, like. I'm looking for a specific example. <laughs> <laughs> well, Groff, what Groff did is uh, he, he uh, Czechoslovakia had a massive program, and, and they actually had, when he left in 67, they had a 17-bed locked ward exclusively for LSD therapy. It was the go-to method for psychiatry in Czechoslovakia. Czechoslovakia. Okay. And uh, they would give it to their patients, and these would be schizophrenics, manic depression, obsessive-compulsive, depression, the full range of severe psychiatric disorders. Wow. And they would continuously give them LSD. And generally, they would experience traumas like we were talking about with MDMA and post-traumatic stress disorder from their lives, and they would process it, and they would get a little better, and, but he would keep going. And then they would sometimes get even worse. And mm. uh, oh, I, okay. the, the experience would get more elemental and primal and intense. And uh, if he was able to get them through those experiences, the therapeutic benefits were even better. Oh wow! So, uh, isn't there? There's some footage of this happening in America, right? When they is this like MK Ultra that kind of well, stuff? Well, that's MK Ultra was my control. Uh, a little the, different. The CIA's just a little, a little different. Just a little different. <laughs> well, there is there, there is some overlap in that the the first twenty five million dollars of investment in psychedelic research was all from the CIA. 
Mm. There was a guy called sense. Charles Savage who did research with the CIA and also with psychedelic therapy. So there, it's not completely right separate. Some people think the whole. Thank you, C Mart. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. said it's a little. little. Yeah, a, <laughs> but then there's people that say the whole psychedelic movement was created by the CIA to distract youth from activism. What do you think? I don't. I, I don't think they could come up with something that good. I mean, it's like saying <laughs> it's like saying a committee of, of bureaucrats wrote Beethoven. You know, it's like no. Yeah. Only yeah. there's there's the Beatles. They came up with the Beatles and Alice Huxley. And that's <laughs> that's a good something. analogy. That is a good, like a bureaucrats writing Beethoven. Yeah, that's not gonna happen. That way. It's, that's good. Is that in the book? Uh, it's next not. Book. Yeah, next book. Next book. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought of that one recently. So you're just really good at writing, I guess, and it just comes out all the time. That's awesome. Okay. Not all the time. Just there, it did. Uh, I. I was going to say uh, that that particular um, institute mm -hmm. in, in Czechoslovakia at mm -hmm. the time, uh, has there ever been anything like that in America, though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a, the, the, most of the research that's happening now is in the States, and most of the research that's ever happened is in the States. Like a dedicated facility? There was, yeah. In, in, uh, in 1969, they opened uh, the Maryland Psychiatric Research Center, and uh, the third floor was to be devoted to psychedelic therapy. And it, it's just, it faded away with all the, all the um, hysteria and, and all that. But uh, So it's no longer active? Well, it's now it's just a psychiatric research center. That I, don't, I don't know what they do. Oh. It's not like haunted on ghost adventures or something <laughs> like that. It, it might be. But that was, <laughs> it was only made in 1969. So if you want, like Riverview is, is terrifying. It was Victorian, you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, yeah, the, uh, you know, uh, our building we live in now is fairly new. Mm -hmm. And uh, the, I just, I don't know. There's, like our old building was pretty old and uh, you'd always get like creepy vibes all the time in there. But this new building's too new. Like there's, <laughs> I'm, I was trying to say this on the weekend. I'm like, like there's no ghosts here. There will never it be. It could be on like, a burial ground though. Maybe. Yeah. But like there are no ghosts here. Like we will be the ghosts. <laughs> like that's how new this place, like we will be it's the new pessimistic. ghosts. You know? like, <laughs> Like well, I think a ghost is somebody that's <laughs> hanging on to this world mm -hmm. yeah. for some reason. So yeah. As long as you don't do that. <laughs> I've been I've been just yelling at walls, like about two inches from the wall, trying to imprint Sonic Sonic imprint, like, ah! screw the wall. That's just you normally. Yeah, though, someone comes in the room and says, it's really weird energy in this room. Like, have you been yelling at the walls? They're like, yeah. <laughs> just trying to imprint the walls with my own vibe. <laughs> Interesting. I don't know. Yeah, that's not my book. That's why Liz, <laughs> that's why Liz goes to work to leave MD at home. Yeah, <laughs> gets all yelly. She's like, "Well, you have a lot of work to do today." <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go to Starbucks. Uh, okay, so let me ask. Uh, the, the book is available uh, December fifteenth. It ships from Amazon. December fifteenth. Yep. Today was uh, a couple days before that. December fifth. Um, so it's at Banyan Books too. It, here in Vancouver. Yep. Uh, which is available, so it's available locally. Mm -hmm. uh, and it is on, is it Trine tri Day? Trine Day Publishing. Trine Day Publishing yep. in Oregon. Yep. God damn. Yep. They also publish uh, Chris Bennett's books on Soma, and uh, he's got a few on cannabis. He's yeah. an amazing writer, too. And there's ads in, uh, or there's up in our lobby right now yep. here at Float House. So Urban Traumann. Clearly, it's all in, fam. It's all, it's yep. all fam, fam. Um, I, uh, but you're asking about negative experiences, and I, I was talking about how Stanislav Graf would keep giving them LSD, and they would develop yeah. more elemental. Um, and he divided those into four different groups called BPMs, or basic perinatal matrices. And uh, they, he based them on clinical birth, 
that there's three phases of clinical birth and the one prior. So if you got stuck in one of the negative perinatal matrices, that would be a, a very bad situation. Like, like, okay, so that's where you're no longer able to determine reality. Potentially, if it's really severe, uh, but it's just like a, a, a kind of a depression. You know, uh, there's the, the second phase is when the womb collapses and there's all these noxious chemicals, but the cervix hasn't dilated yet. So it's a kind of a, a yin or a passive, uh, a no exit kind of experience. Wow. But then, and then when the cervix dilates, the fetus uh, is involved in a life or death struggle down the birth canal to survive. And then it's an active yang kind of uh, aggressive. So you have different, certain psychopathologies associated with blockages in certain uh, matrices. Hmm. Okay. Okay. You don't want to get stuck there. Cause what happened a lot of times in the sixties is people would take huge amounts of LSD or whatever it was. Cause they're pioneering. Like they don't even, they, no one even knows how little or like how much to take, right? Because they're just like, fuck it. Well, they should have known by then. I mean, it was it had been around for a while, but they wanted so, they yeah. wanted the full on. You know, it's 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 kind of like a bit of a pissing contest. I'm gonna take a thousand mics of Sandos and you know. Oh my god. Um, but then just they so get, people so know, that's that's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> that's a that's, that's a bit. But the, in the, in the, in, uh, in Hollywood Hospital, they were using huge doses uh, of LSD and mescaline together. So like five or ten cool. street hits plus Holy. plus mescaline. Have so, we been over at Hollywood Hospital? I'm not actually... No, no, I don't think we've talked about it. I don't think... fully no. sure what that is. Maybe I'm just you could uh, enlighten us a little so bit. So from 1957 to 1975 in New Westminster, uh, there was a place called Hollywood Hospital. It's no longer there. And uh, actually, the, the hospital had been there prior to that. But from 57 to 75, it had a clinic devoted exclusively to LSD and mescaline psychotherapy. Mm. Wow. Yes. So here in, in New Westminster in, yep. in British Columbia. Yep. Wow, so it was a dedicated facility. Yeah. Well, the, the the whole there was a whole hospital, and then it, within it there was a, a specific treatment room. Okay, uh, why do they call it Hollywood Hospital? Because there were holly trees on the on the lawn. <laughs> okay, <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's a little loose. Yeah, and they got, but they they did get uh, some famous uh, clients. What, what who would uh... Andy Williams, the English crooner? Yeah, okay, was one, but I never saw his file, so I don't think I think anyone famous their files were taken out. Uh, Ethel Kennedy, supposedly, who was Robert F. Kennedy's wife, I think, who was an alcoholic. Wow. But I'd never saw her father. So that's allegedly. Allegedly. But Andy Williams did talk about it later on, so he, he definitely was there. Okay. This is on him. Yeah, this is on you, Andy Williams. <laughs> and he endorsed it. Yeah. I, 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 I'd like to know more. What's, uh, like, what's, the, um, what's the arc of this? This building, like, well, what would... Uh... It, was a, it was a private hospital. It was one of the last private hospitals. And the reason he was able to keep going so long is because when they started, he ordered 400,000 doses. 400,000? Yeah, I don't know if he did that intentionally or if it was, like, an error, but... Uh, cause a it's, rounding error? It might have been because it, uh, it's... He meant to order 40 or something? He's like, fuck. <laughs> Carried the one. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's in the wrong spot. Yeah. But because, uh, like, a, a quarter milligram... Like if you like a dose of Prozac is twenty milligrams, but a you know a tenth of one milligram of LSD is a, is a dose. A tenth of one yeah. milligram. Wow, really? It's very potent, and wow. that, and that's why it was so like they the, the uh, yippies for, at one point said they were going to put it in the water supply in Chicago around the uh, Democratic convention. Yeah, they had soldiers lining the water supply to make sure that they didn't do this, even though it's it was neutralized by iron, they couldn't actually do that. I've actually wondered why that's never happened. Like, has that ever like? I'm sure there's a way to do it. You'd have to. You couldn't use LSD, but I'm sure there's some kind of chemistry where you could get something into. You'd the water have supply. to get to the water supply. Like, though. there's yeah. like a. Yeah. I don't know how easy or difficult that is, but I don't think that's like walk into the sewer. 
like in our building, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't think you just like get like, in there. Like, I don't know. Like, like in our building, there's a there's a little waterfall kind of aesthetic thing. Yeah. And uh, I I was there for like a week, and I was already like, man, you could easily just throw some food coloring in there. Boom, game time. It'd be over. It'd be over. Like it, it, you'd have to shut the whole thing down. I, and I was there a week, so the fact that there was like yeah. active threats. That's gonna be isolated back in the sixties, seventies. It's going to be a closed system, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I'm not trying to pretend yeah. like I'm a, a just, water engineer. Right? Yeah, I'm just the guy with a stupid idea. Are. We're just trying to <laughs> talk reason to you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't destroy public property with your stupid ideas. Yeah, I was, I was aware. Well, the Army had, a, had a, something they called BZ. We call it BZ. And it was an aerosol uh, uh, hallucinogen that would last for, like, three days that they would spray on the, the soldiers. Hold on, like... Uh, like chemtrails, like crop dusting. Uh, well, they, it was it's a hallucinogen that they would spray in an aerosol, so they'd fly it right into the enemy territory and just. What era would this have been? Uh, this would have been 50s, 60s. They supposedly use it in the Iraq War. They supposedly use it in Vietnam. I don't know if they. With know. planes possibly sold by Frank. <laughs> no, no, not military planes. He sold private planes. And then he read about LSD and he said, "Do you want to buy the business? Because I'm moving." Jesus yeah. Christ. <laughs> Yeah, I'm in aeronautics now. I, I sell. Well, he, uh, he, was a, he was a he was a pilot and an entrepreneur. He wasn't like a, an area space. No, I, no I just, But he was he was licensed in sixty different uh, craft. Wow. To to fly in and in, in boats and you need quite a few hours to do that, right? Yep, I guess so. He was a flight engineer at the end. What of was the name of that stuff? The uh, aerosol. Bz. 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 Yeah. Was that ever like a recreational drug at some, <laughs> some point? Like someone's huffing cans of uh, bz. I doubt it would be something very popular because it was designed as a weapon. But I, I, uh, I never heard about that. Someone's like, "Yeah, just take a couple of hits of this. We're gonna, we're gonna go, uh, you know, beat up this guy or something." I don't know. <laughs> well, there's one story where uh, this guy Hank Ketchum, who did a lot of research on um, uh, psychoactives for the army, and he comes into his office and there's a barrel of LSD. And uh, nobody says anything about it, and then he comes back later, and it's gone. And That's the MK Ultra one, right? Yeah. Well, and that he's was... like, he just saw a barrel, didn't know what it yeah. was. Well, or it, like, it, and then it just left. Disappeared. Yeah. So <laughs> what? Really? Who knows what they did? Yeah. Like, they they bought up all the LSD. Uh, they had Eli Lilly come up with their own formulation to make it, and then Sandoz discontinued it because of all the controversy. But he already had. It's a crazy story, though. Four hundred thousand. Yeah, I think so. Jesus Christ! And they only used uh, like a thousand or so. It's so crazy that, like, the military, you obviously, you know, this is where a lot of these things kind of start, especially mm-hmm. as they're trying to figure out weapons or, like, fucking mind control or whatever. But it's like, you join the army, and you're like, well, obviously someone could shoot me. <laughs> right? Yep. That's a possibility. Or I could get killed in some certainly combat scenario. That's the but also, point. you're kind of signing up for, like, strange experimental shit that you yeah. can't even fucking imagine. No. You know what I mean? Can you opt out of it, or is it like... Uh, yeah, it's not like you're just in it, but like, you know, I even think when they're can, testing nuclear weapons, like... Probably like, not a good idea. If they're like, like <laughs> putting you near nuclear explosions, yeah. like... Sure, yeah. Just uh, yeah, to see, true, right? Yeah. Like, well, fuck. People with, like... like do they all uh, die instantly? People or, with <laughs> like, I don't know. finger tan lines over their eyes, where they cover their <laughs> eyes, and like, yeah. they're like, oh, it's pretty bright. It's just perfect. Like, you're dead in a few days. Yeah. But it's like, it's interesting that you don't always think of that aspect of the military no no mm-hmm. like that's re- i wonder what the opt-in policy opt-out because like are they like are you right-handed left-handed and you're like i'm right-handed they're like 
your left hand's now a gun. You're like, what the fuck? And they just like <laughs> chop your hand off. Yeah, like, yeah, just, you're, this is the Mega Man project. And, Most uh, of them would probably be like, cool. Fuck yeah, let's <laughs> do it. That's, uh, yeah, it's, oh, it's a 22. Fuck. Get a robotic dog? Yeah, I'm in. Fuck yeah. yeah. <laughs> You'd be our first robotic canine. But right. I think it didn't work that well uh, as, a, as a weapon because it's unpredictable and you don't really. It's well, I mean, easy to make somebody yeah. go crazy. It's hard to make them crazy exactly as you want. That's true, because crazy for some people might just be like, they just kind also, of... Also, environmental shit yeah. is a problem, right? Like, mustard gas was a pretty swingy thing. Yeah, because you know, the, the wind can change. If in your favor, yeah, right. you might yeah, kill yourself. <laughs> or that's it has no true. effect. Yeah. yeah, that's very so true. So it's like yeah. any airborne thing, unless like it had to be very, I don't know, military expert over here. Is <laughs> that like against the Geneva Convention stuff now, do you think? I don't know. Yeah. But the, the idea is that it's more humane because you go in and people have a three-day trip and then you take everything and then nobody gets killed. That was that was like Hank Ketchum's mm, theory. Rationalizing it, yeah. Yeah, I guess. But it just, it just didn't really, it doesn't really play out very well. Like no. no it's like, much logistically. Like we're going to crop dust you in the trench here. Plus you'd have to like, <laughs> like what if someone was underground or in some sort of place where they wouldn't have the outside air circulated in, like... There's a lot of variables. Mm-hmm. Right, they're going to come you know out I mean? to these, like, you know, basically Like, the even purge. if you hit, you know, <laughs> 50% of people, say, mm-hmm. you still have everyone else who isn't affected by it. They're still going to come That's and shoot true. you. Well, there's, there's footage on YouTube of them giving uh, whole... Troops, LSD. That's, that's what kind of what I was referring to earlier. Yeah. Like, there's, I've seen footage online where they, I don't know what you call it in the military, but when they make them line up like uh, one arm length apart, like fist apart, whatever, and they're all trying to do it, and mm-hmm. they're all just like falling over, <laughs> like <laughs> laughing, like just insane stuff. And when they isolate them in the rooms, have you seen that stuff? No. And they're like, some of them are like literally sprinting back and forth between mm-hmm. like a little eight by six cell or whatever, basically mm-hmm. trying to trying to run not understanding the long term like like the distance that they're going through oh, it's just crazy <laughs> yeah I don't know man well what, there's one early re- researcher uh, he worked a lot on prisoners and they used a lot of uh, morphine and heroin addicts in, in Kentucky and he was giving them LSD, mescaline, other psychoactives, and somebody said, "Well, what if they want to do it again?" He said, "Nobody, nobody wants to do it again." <laughs> <laughs> so when, it, when people first started talking about people taking this stuff for fun, they were like, "They're not going to do that. It's, it's too intense. They're not going to like it." Underestimates people. Yeah, yeah. Or overestimates Big time. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But also, as 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 like it, you can see in a Hollywood hospital when the younger. Uh, clients came in they, they kind of went with it more yeah i see well because i see that it was changing yeah definitely it's uh man it's so much to cover i, I don't even know if we barely even scratched a little you bit know that the there service. was one old guy in that room though that was like can i get a little bit of that yeah can i get a little bit of that <laughs> well they're, they're flagship yeah. uh, shut up man <laughs> their their flagship uh uh client that they wrote up in the papers was 75 when he had wow. his trip yeah uh, was that the quote I read that earlier? Was the quote off, you read. Off yeah, the yeah. He, he's uh, that was in like '57 or '59 or something like that. Wow. See that? I mean, you imagine being 75, living your whole life, literally in zero drug landscape, essentially, yeah. and uh, then probably smoke some weed. I mean, mm, even, I don't think so. Not in the I 50s. don't think so. Yeah, not, if you're, if you're right. in your 70s in the 50s, even okay, in, even yeah. in BC, maybe if uh, <laughs> maybe if you were in a jazz band, yeah, know. maybe. <laughs> yeah, if you're in a jazz band, definitely. <laughs> yeah, but like you know, it it what must have been such a crazy thing to pioneer that. Like, think about someone you know right now who's 75 or or older or whatever in that area. And them just being like, you know, I'm going to start doing LSD. <laughs> what? It's not a bad time to start, I think, if you think about it. I mean, you'd have a... 
It depends. Fuck it. Well, you yeah. have to unravel 75 years of propaganda of people saying, like, it's so awful for you and mm. all this stuff, right? You might not think that. But, you but, might but not, you're, yeah. you're sort of used to how the world is by 75. True. But this guy was having hallucinations and he wasn't eating and he was, he was mm. a very severe psychiatric patient. Jeez. Mm. Yeah. That's fucking... And that, those particular sessions, like those trials with that, that took place... Uh, at Hollywood Hospital yep. here in, Hollywood New, Hospital. in yep. New Westminster. Yep. Man, so much history in this area. The tagline you have on this book, 100,000 years of drugs, 100 years of prohibition. It seriously doesn't even begin to like scratch. My original was uh, towards an integral psychedelic theory. theory. <laughs> so that's not very good. Uh, the, the number, and then pedantic. you're like, publisher's like, I think we're going to go with the numbers. I like this one. <laughs> yeah. uh, shamanic Graffiti. It's available December 15th yep. in, uh, on Amazon yep. and also uh, uh, in local uh, books. What was the name of that? Banyan Books. Banyan Books here yep. in Vancouver, British Columbia. The first store to, or to order some. Yeah, absolutely. Like and uh, I, I just can't wait to dive into this, man. This is going to be so awesome. Today's been really cool. I, I think that we didn't even really scratch the surface, though. You'll have to yeah, come back and, sure. and join us. I'd love to. Uh, friend of the show status. Anytime you like. We, we, we really appreciate that. Uh, how can people follow you online if they want to do so? Uh, Mark Shrummery on Facebook. The Rummery on Twitter. The Rummery. Yeah. Nice. Svetter's going to like telling you his handle here in a second. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Rummery. Nice. That's good. Uh, Savedra, how can people follow you online if oh, they want to? follow me at the Savedra. <laughs> <laughs> good. Ah, nice job. It's good. I like the way this is going. Seamart, uh, <laughs> if people are so inclined to follow you, uh, should they? Uh, should not a thing. Just not a thing. To, not a thing to do. <laughs> Cognito. Hilarious. Uh, he does actually mean you should follow Boomsday Alliance. Alliance. Yeah, um, Boomsday Alliance on, or, in, or, sorry, Instagram. on, on internet. On Instagram, internet. Boomsday mm-hmm. underscore Alliance. Uh, that's what you want to check out. It's growing every day, and there's new news every day. So if you like that stuff, you'll love it. Uh, if you want to follow the podcast, please do so by going to intergalacticinterviews.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also mm-hmm. reach us on iTunes and YouTube and Stitcher and SoundCloud, and we're everywhere. Just type in Intergalactic Interviews. We're the only ones. We are not the Beastie Boys. <laughs> it is not Intergalactic, the single from 1997. It is, in fact, Intergalactic Interviews. Is Check us out. Year? I really like your music. You know, I had no idea you were on MTV. <laughs> nope. Not. You're looking at the wrong one, Grandma. You're looking at the wrong one. Uh, Intergalactic Interviews, uh, we are very grateful to have you guys uh, tune in each week with us and uh, listen to the show. And uh, a big thanks again to our sponsor, Floathouse. Go to floathouse.ca, check out our podcast promo code, Podcast. Get 20% off your next 20%. float. Man, since we have introduced so many people to floating, I can't tell you, every week it's so nice to see someone else try it out and check it out. It's awesome. I love it. And uh, make sure you guys go check out Shamanic Graffiti. Oh my God, so good. Marcus Rummery. You're a friend of the show. Uh, I'm going to seriously jump in on this on the way home. I'm not even going to wait. I'm going to jump into it. But uh, thanks for tuning in, guys. Uh, we'll see you all next thanks week. Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for coming, man. Any, any fucking time you can come. Any fun. Thanks, man. For sure. Cheers. All right. See you guys next week. Bye.